G'day punters, welcome to this week's episode of Bet With Brilliance. I'm your host, uh, as always, Jack Hudson, and, and joined this week again by Jared Fish, the, the Sydney analyst for Brilliance Racing. Fish, how you doing, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on again. And um, yeah, I'm excited for every Thursday these days. Every time I go through the form guard on a Wednesday, the races just seem to get better every weekend. So certainly an exciting time of the year. And it's only the start of autumn. We've got to get through the rest of autumn, then we're in the spring. So Yeah, I'm just getting super excited about what's coming up in Sydney. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be great fun. Um, we did start this week the first episode of the Review Podcast. I don't think there's anything that I really want to go over um, after that. Have you got anything that you wanted to touch on? Or No, not really. I think just in regards to um, – I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Andrew Atkins, who's obviously made his return to racing yesterday at um, – uh, Gosford and um, yeah, he rode pretty well and just wanted to say thanks to him because we've obviously reached out to him a few times through Brilliance and he's just been such a legend every time he's had the time to talk to us and I think it's really good for the sport. So yeah, definitely going to keep track of his progress and I think he's going to be riding plenty of winners in the near future. So yeah, that's about all. Absolutely. And he'd have to be a big fan of the show too. Um, having a look at the weekend coming up, I've got one black book runner that we'll talk about in a bit of depth later. I've got Colding running in Sydney uh, in the Chipping Norton. Have you got anything from the Black Book that we've spoken about yeah. that you've written about previously coming up? Yeah, I've got um, Jarmeo riding in the Sweet Embrace Stakes. So I'll put, um, put Jarmeo straight in the Black Book after its debut at Kembla Grange there. And um, Brocky gave it a piece that day at Kembla. I got the win and... Pricey decided to take um, take us straight to Sydney and um, ran, ran like a champion that day too. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how it goes on the weekend. Absolutely. Well, that might be a brilliant segue into uh, the preview for this weekend, Fish. Did you want to start with, uh, with Sydney um, and what you're sort of tipping for the weekend, looking at for the weekend? Yeah, for sure, mate. Um, oh, the first race is a Tab Highway, which... Definitely not my type of race. It's not my favourite type anyway, but I, um, I landed on Stunning Mosa, um, purely based on the odds, really. Uh, she's had one run, one debut run, and it was only a five-horse field, and somehow, I don't know how it happened, but she changed direction about 15 times and only got out real late, and she flew home then. So, yeah, looking at the odds, I think I'll give her a chance at you know, 1,000 metres in a tab highway. Did you have a look at that one? No, I haven't had a... Much of a chance to have a look there. Um, I've had more of a look at the big ones. So five, six and races five, six and, and seven. Um, what about race race two and, and onwards there? Yeah, too easy. Um, yeah, so race two is the uh, precise air skyline stakes, which is a two-year-old Colton Geldings over 1,200. There's a couple of good two-year-olds racing in this one. Um, you got Shaquero, head of state and Halal. But um, yeah, just quickly, I landed on Halal having uh, his second start. Tommy Berry riding on debut, and it was a very, um, very impressive ride. Had the second last, second fastest last 200 of the meeting that day on debut on a soft track and got there very late. So uh, stepping up to 1,200, I'm, I'm pretty keen to have another go there with um, Tommy Berry on again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the Sweet Embrace Stakes, which is the two-year-old Phillies. Touched on Jar Mayer before, who's... Um, yeah, she's in, in the Black Book for Brilliance. 
keeps racing well every every start. Um, stepping back out at twelve hundred here, which looks to suit after um, she was absolutely flying there late at um, Ramwick that day, and she was paying twenty bucks that day, and I think today we're getting fifteen bucks for her again. So I know Brock Ryan's got a big wrap on her, and um, so do the prices. So I'm, I'm chucking her in for a place, but um, I'm tipping four moves ahead on top. She was just all class on debut and on a heavy track, and she's trolled super since. So as long as she's got over the niggles from last week, I'm, I'm definitely keen to tip her on top. Um, moving on to the Liverpool City Cup, 1,300. Um, two good Alphen horses that I'm keen to keen to watch. We've got Korea Dearest and Deprive. Korea Dearest doesn't want, doesn't want any rain at all. Um, he's a back marker and does his best work very, very late. So... And he doesn't go that good on the heavy track either, so uh, I'm not too confident there. But I'm tipping his stable mate, um, Deprive, who has a very good uh, first up record, three wins and two placings from six attempts. Um, absolutely loves the heavy track, so yeah, I've got Deprive on top. And then um, yeah, now we're moving into the the bigger races. So um, yeah, did you want to did you want to start with the guy Walter? Yeah, so I'm just bringing that race up here, race five. Sorry, punters, I've lost it here. So that's the uh, the Guy Walter Proven Thoroughbred Stakes, uh, Group 2 race over 1,400 metres. Uh, having a look at the market for this one, and I'm just battling here a bit. Sorry, guys. I have got it here. Right, there we go. Sorry. So... Market for this one, uh, you've got Ice Bath is your current favourite uh, at around $3.40. Uh, Sweet Deal, $4.60, along with Tricky Gal. Uh, Bam's on fire, a personal favourite of mine at $7. Uh, same as Emeralds. And then you've got double figures, the rest for uh, Raleem and Ruby, Crone and Helga. Who have you got on top of the moment, Fish? Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting weekend, this one, because... I was looking at a couple of horses and they're nominated at both tracks. Bams on Fire is nominated down at um down in Melbourne as well with Jamie Carr on. So has been scratched. So Bams uh, Bam is in Sydney. Oh, there you go. Right, actually, right yep. with James McDonald in Sydney. Um, yeah, Graceful Glamour's coming out of that too. So the pace has gone there um, in the race. Um, I'll put it down to two horses: Ada Ice Bath and Tricky Gal. Uh, who both raced in the um, Trisco Stakes recently up at Ramwick. And um, Tricky Gal gave Talia a bit of a run there. Um, nearly got over the line at the end. But I'm going to lean to Ice Bath's way. She drops three kilograms and she just tied late there uh, on, on that day. And I think um, the fitness will, will have picked up for this one. And, yeah, she drops three kilograms and Tricky Gal goes up a kilo. So that's what swung, swung my way to Ice Bath. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually gone the other way um, on this one here. I've actually gone tricky gal myself. I thought the way that she chased Talia was really well. I uh, was uh, was was really brave, um, chasing her really well. Um, you did mention that weight swing for Ice Bath, and my concern, just the way that Ice Bath travelled last start, that was a bit of a gut buster for her. She didn't. She looked to really peak on her run. Um, and I just wonder if if Tricky Gal is going to be a bit better suited on on Saturday 
uh, considering, like I said, by the looks of, of um, her last run, she did a bit a bit better work than Ice Bath. Um, she looks to have better 1,400-metre form than Ice Bath as well because um, she was only beaten half a length by Sabatiano, um, who we know is obviously very handy there. So um, I went the way of tricky gal on this one the race map looks like she's not going to run into too much trouble there and ice bath might be stuck to the fence which can make life tough for her as well yeah it looks like a pretty good quinella to me actually i had those ones like both of them clear standouts and they both absolutely love this thing out of the ground so yeah i'm pretty confident both of those horses will run well and it wouldn't surprise me at all if tricky gal won two other interesting runners um one of them is crone who you can have $14 for. Last start won the Phillies and Mares Magic Millions race at the Gold Coast over 1,300 metres. Um, and the way she hit the line, it would obviously suggest that she's going to have no issue getting 1,400 metres again. Um, she's already had eight starts there for a first, a second and a third. Um, but then we mentioned Bams on fire. Like I said, I had a look earlier today. I couldn't find her at Flemington. Um, I could definitely be wrong there, sorry, Funners, but I went and had a look and I couldn't see her name there. But she's a really strong on-pace runner. Um, and I think at the moment it's a soft seven for Randwick. Is that right? Um, or a soft six. She's had six starts on a soft track, three wins a second and two thirds. Um, so there's yeah. some... There's a bit of value in the in the race if you like those two. I certainly wouldn't talk anyone out of backing them. But based on the the last race, I reckon Tricky Gal could find the better of, of Ice Bath. And if you throw in the Quinelli, you're winning either way, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I was originally going to do my form on a heavy because there's been a fair bit of rain around here lately. But I just had a look before, and I think the next few days are going to be all right. So I don't think it'll get any worse than a soft seven at, at the worst, hopefully. So. Yeah, for sure. We'll uh, move on now to the Chipping Northern Stakes, which is a big one. 1,600, wait for age. Um, and, yeah, this is the Colding, very elegant, Colette, fun star form, which I'm a little bit disappointed that I can't get back up to the track again because these are the horses that I wanted, wanted to sort of follow through their preparation. But um, you got Prince Farwas is going to ping out of the gates and um, set the pace and then... Fun star Colding and Master of Wine will be on the speed. I think very elegant. Um, she was a pass pass first up in that Apollo Stakes. Um, she suits the step up step up suits her, but I'm not too sure if 1600 might still be a little bit um, too sharp for her. I think she might want it a little bit further, and 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 the news that it's not going to be as wet as it is might dampens my thoughts on her. Um, same for Colette. I think. If it was a heavy track, I'd almost back her again after the, her run last start. The other one's Colding, who's been absolutely flying two two seconds on wet tracks when really we didn't really think that he blocked a wet track before that. So um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Colding, I think, uh, on top, especially if it does get into a soft five or yeah, soft five or six. I'll probably have Colding on top. Yeah, he's the one that, that I've got on top. As long as that rain doesn't come and we don't get towards a, a heavy eight or a um, heavy eight or heavy nine. Um, I want to get your thoughts before I go any further on Colette because you were at Ramwick when she won the Apollo there. Um, what was she like in the yard? How did she look coming back? 
she she looked probably she looked unreal in the yard coming back. She was and she was pretty um yeah she was pretty fit and she was really relaxed in the yard. So definitely can't knock her there. Obviously, I haven't seen her um, parading before that, but she was one of the ones that looked looked really good in the yard. And I guess that's shown in her run. Um, I didn't that day. I didn't give her a chance over fourteen hundred. So I think she's definitely come back fantastic this preparation and the fact that they've changed their plans now. Um, I think, yeah, she's she's going to have a good preparation, I think. Yeah, because when I was looking at the market and and um, obviously the field as well and then a race map, or a speed map, I should say, um, obviously Funstar's probably going to look to push forward from, from gate five, very elegant. Um, from gate four, I couldn't really see her pushing up to be on the pace, so she might get stuck in behind it and on the fence, might get sort of boxed in a little bit um i think it is absolutely in my mind i think four dollars eighty or or five dollars that you can get for colding is absolute madness um what you said about very elegant she's two dollars sixty at the moment and i think that you might be right 1600 might be a little bit sharp for her um i definitely think that with the way that colding's been running so far this prep i think she's going to be beaten by the race map more than anything there. So she might be running a really flashy second or third. And for Colette, I couldn't have her at $3.30 based off of her win in the Apollo alone. You know? um, when you look back at her last prep, there was plenty of races where she was bringing up the back half of the field you know, at the end of the race. And to come out and, and win one race, it, it was in a good fashion, but I couldn't have her at $3.30 and there's a head of colding. He, um, he won the Chipping Norton last year and I I did back him and I'll be backing him again on Saturday to, to, to double up. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my personal opinion on Colette is I, I think she's absolutely a bomb on, on, a, on a wet track. I mean, three starts on a heavy with three wins, two starts on a soft for two wins and they were very soft days, both of them. I don't think she's anywhere near the calibre of horses, very elegant and even colding and probably even fun star. But... Yeah, I mean, if you got a heavy truck this day, you'd, you'd have to throw her in because the way that she ran through the ground that day, it was very, very wet. And she just, oh, she made it look easy. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to be wet enough for her on Saturday. I think it would probably be a good race for some exotics where you could probably throw in Colding, Very Elegant and Colette because looking at this race, Avilius, Master of Wine, Prince for Waz, um, and even the likes of Toffee Tongue, just look numbers like they just look like they're there to make up the field. I couldn't have them yeah, any anywhere think, near those three. I think the only one that could with with good numbers that could jump in there is Funstar because um, she doesn't really ever fire first up, and then you look at her second up record, and it's completely different. So, and I don't think her run that day was was terrible. She was never going to win, and yeah, she'll take big improvement from that. And that twelve dollars, you'd throw into exotics, but you couldn't ever run. On top either. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move forward and get into race seven. This is a race I'm really looking forward to. Is uh, the Group One Celebrations Surround Stakes? Did you want to take us through the field, Fish? Yeah. So um, we got Montefilia sitting at eleven bucks. Um, away games nine dollars fifty. Dame Giselle at five dollars. Every Rose and Hungry Heart are there. Um, Forbidden Love, and then you got. Never talk about a ripper race there last start. 
Um, a couple of horses from Melbourne, Thermosphere, and then Eight Diamonds is an interesting runner. But I think um, there's a couple of horses that I think are in a bit of trouble just the way that they've drawn out wide. Forbidden Love's one, Vangelic. Oh, sorry, Forbidden Love, Vangelic, and La Mexicana will be on the pace. I think away game in every row is the horses that have drawn poorly and they're going to be using a bit of um, gas early. And I've, I've just taken them out straight away because of that, even though every rose was fantastic last start. Um, I can see Never Talk um, getting the win. Her live fingers run was absolutely sensational. She finished really strongly and arguably should have won if she didn't get caught up there a little bit on the inside. She loves it wet. Um, she's got three wins in one second from four, four runs on soft or worse. I think she's going to stalk a very good speed and be pretty strong late at pretty decent odds. Um, apparently still getting $8, so a lot of the odds on that. And I think the other one's Dame Giselle for the Snowden camp with Tommy Berry on. Um, I put, put her first up run down as a solid pass mark in that English sprint where same thing, she just tied very late and she was only about a length off him, I think. She's draws to get a very good uh, run in transit and barrier nine. Um, she'll skip all the hustle and bustle in the front. And um, same thing, I think she can be pretty strong late. And um, the other one I wanted to follow was Hungry Heart, but I don't know what Hungry Heart has to do to draw a good barrier. I couldn't believe it when I saw 17. So one of my favourite horses, but we've spoken about, um, spoken about her last time and, yeah, I can't be jumping on from there. Yeah, no, the map definitely goes against her, especially with some of the speed that's drawn in the races. The... The likes of, you know, away game having gates, um, gate 14 and then Forbidden Love drawing low. Um, it'll be a combination of Forbidden Love's going to use that gate to take the lead up. And then um, with Bossy on away game, you would have to think that the best chance that away game's got is, is Bossy's going to put her into the race early. Um, I landed on top with the horse that could, she's at least my favourite filly. She might be my favourite horse going around the country at the moment. Um, I'll put it to you this way. For $7, $6.50, you can have a horse that has won five of her seven starts and then two minor placings, unbeaten on a soft track. She's dropped a kilo and a half from her last start where she battled very well to, to win. Um, and just really doesn't look to have put a foot wrong her whole career. Um, it's a gun jockey on board and maps to get probably one of the great runs in the race is La Mexicana. Um, a couple of weeks ago we were on and I made her the best bet of the day, absolutely declared her in the, the Kevin Hayes at Caulfield over 1,200 metres. I do have a, a bit of a query about her getting out to 1,400 metres, but off her last run, the work through through and after the post looked really good. Um, the horse that she just beat was Malacorn, who's come out since, and she was beaten in a photo in a group two uh, at Caulfield there. Um, La Mexicana at $6.50 looks a great bet for me. I think from that, that race map, she'll, at worst, I think she'll be a couple of pairs back and maybe second off the fence. Um, and she does it the tough way every single time, up on the pace or in the lead. Um, 
and they just she knows where the line is. She fights to it all the time. I reckon she's a great bet on Saturday. Yeah, she does look a good bet. I just have a, a weird thing that I've always followed, and I don't like horses that are coming from Melbourne to Sydney and running the opposite direction first start until I've seen it. But mm. I don't think she's that. I don't think she's had a run around the Sydney um, way of racing. So that was only one thing for me. But certainly, when you look at her figures and her numbers, and um, yeah, definitely got a good point there, especially with the um, wet track, wet track as well. Yeah. The, the Sydney way of going will uh, – it is a concern, but I just think she, I, I think she's well smart enough to be able to handle it. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I think the Freeman's taking her up there. She'll get she'll have gone around the track. I don't think it'll be a problem. Um, I think $6.50 for her was, um, was really good odds, and, and I'll be more than happy to back her on Saturday. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Um... Love looking at the last two races, which I know we were going to talk about that earlier, but um, but the Heineken handicap, which is 2000 benchmark 88, Soldier of Love maps to get a pretty soft lead, and she's going to control, he's going to control the tempo there. I've got Great Great House on top, who just looks the class horse, only raced once, once, and um, yeah, had a, had a soft trial in between. And Tommy Berry's in form, two dollars 40, he just looks, looks, um, looks a class horse, so I've tipped Great House on top. Um, and then in the last race, I've gone a bit of a roughie in um, Liberty Sun, who I've been following his runs recently over his career. Um, he had a good run one day against uh, Count Rupi where he just led the whole race and only got caught on the line. And I just think $14 with 52 kilos on, on his back with um, Kathy O'Hara riding. Looks as, if, looks as if he snuck in pretty light there in a race like that. Um the Godolphin horse looks looks to danger, but yeah, I'm happy to go Liberty Sun on top in the last. Yeah, absolutely. So, who have you got then? We, we'll cover it again towards the end of the show, Fish, but who have you got as your, your best bet for uh, for Sydney on Saturday? Best bet I've, I've put down Ice Bath. Um, in that Guy Walter Thoroughbred Stakes, 1400, race five. Um, just simply. I could only find two horses that I really wanted to have a look at. And, um, yeah, I had a bit of a close look at the replay. And I think Ice Bath actually copped a bit of a knock there down the straight as well against Tricky Gal. And um, the, the um, four-kilogram weight swing is what swung me that way. So I think $3.50 or whatever you're getting at the moment, that's my best bet. Beautiful. I will just say, punters, I'm sorry, I've gotten that that wrong. Um, a race five in Ramwick, Bam's on fire. It is a double acceptance and has entered for the uh, Group 3 Shaftesbury Avenue Handicap um, at Flemington. So I'm not entirely sure where she runs. It could very well be Flemington on uh, Saturday. Uh, since her first run was in Caulfield, I didn't see her earlier. So that's my fault. Sorry, punters. I, I've dropped the ball there. Um, but that will be some kind of a segue into... The card that we've got at Flemington, obviously Australian Guineas Day there. Um, race one, how they've thrown $4.80 up or $5 for this horse is just beyond me. Um, I've got Callus on top for the Godolphins and James Cummings. Um, he ran in that Colts and Geldings Blue Diamond prelude uh, behind the likes of General Bow. Uh, and obviously also Adamo and Jigsaw. Um, 
form-wise going into the Blue Diamond, that was the strongest race. Um, and, I mean, I guess since it was – we've obviously learned that, that Artorias had won the race, so how he stacked up – how that race he came out of stacked up form-wise, I'm not entirely sure. But when we were looking at the, the preludes and previews for the boys and girls, this Blue Diamond prelude was the strongest race. Um, he was home at 34.4 for the last 600, so you're definitely not a slouch doing those numbers, and he maps to get a great running behind the pace. I've got him on top in the first. Race two, $8 for a horse that's got form behind a Nable in a Narca Triumph, I think is just mind-boggling. And we might get to, to Saturday evening and, and I'm sitting here scratching my head going, geez, I've missed by a long way. But this horse has form behind a Nabel in an arc. He's got Damien Oliver on, uh, sorry, Damien Lane on board, I should say. Um, in his last start, uh, which was, I believe, at, yeah, Mooney Valley, he was throwing his head around and over racing quite a bit, um, but really battled on uh, late in the race. And, and his best work was, was late there. Um, I think he's definitely going to appreciate the bigger track at Flemington. And, and this is number one, Nelson, uh, from Simon Wildyard. Um, I just think if he runs anywhere near the, the type of race that he would have to get four lengths off a navel, he's just going to, he's just going to absolutely bolt him on Saturday. Um, race three, there's a few reasons I'm tipping this bloke, uh, Fish, and you'll probably know why. Once I say who it is, um, it's the Horobian, the Queenslander, uh, going down to Sydney towards an all-star mile. Um, there's not a great deal I need to say about this bloke. Queensland form's just going to be the best form. He's already won 11 straight. He eats up the distance. He's got a really good first-up record, and his sectionals of late have been outstanding. I think from uh, gate three, he's going to get a really good run in just pace at Flemington there. Um, obviously, 10 times the track that that you've got at Durban or, or Eagle Farm or, or Cairns, where he's won one of those 11. Um, I reckon he's just going to see all that space and think, how good is this? I love racing. And he's just an absolute fighter. He'll fight to the line. I've got him on top there. Uh, race four is Overrod. Damien Oliver goes on board there. He got whacked around a bit um, at the start of his last race. Uh, how much of an impact that had on him finishing it, I really don't know. But for a horse that likes to run up on the pace, that certainly wouldn't have helped him. The cap was really well backed in that race. And the winner was, I'm telling you, who I think is just an absolute donkey. Um, he'll get left alone from barrier 14 and can certainly win this. You see a lot of times uh, the, the the sprint races up the, the straight at, at Flemington there. They're one on the outside fence. Um, famously, I think of... Of Chautauqua, I think it was in a, a lightning, um, just bolting up that that outside fence and and getting the win. Um, but we'll move into the big three. Uh, race five fish is the Bob Hoisted handicap over a thousand meters. Um, having a look at the field for this one here for you punters, I'm just bringing up the odds. Uh, got favourite is Fabagino at $3.80, All Banter $4.40, Indian Pacific $5, same as Montesira, Hummahummers at $14, Prezados at $17, Osmanov uh, $18, uh, and then your $19 and, and longer the rest. Um, looking at a speed map, it doesn't 
take a genius to work out that Fabergino is going to go forward. Um, Indian Pacific and all Bantam might as well. Haydock's definitely going to get a run in behind the pace. Osmanov will be up there somewhere as well. Um, and then you've got the likes of uh, Montesera, Prezado, uh, Propel and Bombs Away definitely going to go back. Um, Fabergino's coming back from the Lightning Stakes and she's my on-topper for this race. Um, she put in great numbers when she ran I believe it was fourth, correct me if I'm wrong, Fish. No, it was fourth. Um, and beat home Bivouac in that lightning. Um, look at the form guide. She loves the track and trip. Michael Poy stays aboard. She'll get her own clear space from gate 11, and I just think she's better than all of these. Have you had a chance to have a look at race five? Yeah, I've made it. Um, I'm interested to have a watch of this horse coming over from Western Australia, basically out of the Parnham family. They ride, they ride at every start. 12 starts over its career for 10 placings and um, over the 1,000 metres, six starts for five, win and one third. So, obviously, um, he hasn't seen the seen down the straight at Flemington, but I think um, he'll, he'll, he looks like he jumps and puts on the pace early. So, I'm keen to see how he goes and also thought Fabergino was a definite pass mark in that lightning stakes that we were just talking about. Um, drops in class, but goes up a couple of kilos in weight. Um and then I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on Hey Doc because it's probably the class horse in the race, but how can he be expected to cart around 63 kilos? Yeah, that was one of the main things that, that turned me off. But when you look at the horses, the horses, are, I think his form is better over longer. He's had four starts at 1,000 metres for the one win and no minor placing. Um, and you go back to his most recent win. He did win the Manicato in very good fashion, um, beating the likes of Trekking and, and Dirty Work, Brooklyn Hustle as well, um, as Pippi who ran in the, the Oakley Plate uh, the week gone. Um, that's by no means a bad form reference, but I just don't think it's a very good reference for this race specifically. Um, my only concern for Fabergino was did she have a gut bust at last start and she might be a bit flat um, come Saturday, but you could look at it the other the other way, um, and that she was a bit flat in the in the lightning um, because she was a value bet for a lot of for a lot of experts, and I don't think she really ran to where people expected her to. Um, but for yeah. me, hey Doc, I think he needs a bit more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sounds about right. Um... It's actually a really good race, that one. There's a couple of horses that just have absolutely superb um, numbers and record on a 1,000 metres, so pretty interested to see how that goes on down the straight. And then you've got Montesira first up as well. Doesn't mind a 1,000 metre trip and good track, so it's going to be a close finish, I reckon. A bit of a blanket finish in this one, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll certainly be a good race. And then moving to race six uh, is the, the group two, the, the blamey stakes over 1,600 metres, which... I've heard some people call the in-the-chair stakes, uh, which is certainly not very far from the truth. Your favourite is Buffalo River at $2.70 with the great Jay Carr on board. Uh, you can have Best of Days is $5, the same as Star of the Seas. Mystic Journey, who looks like she might be looking for the paddock, is $5.50. 50 stars, $8, and then double figures the rest. <coughs> I reckon Buffalo River should be close to 
even money in this race. Um, best of days, his win last star, he was absolutely gifted that win. He's run up on the pace and no one wanted the lead and he just sort of said, oh, well, I guess I'll, I'll take it. I'll go and lead. Uh, like I said, Mystic Journey, her runs in Tasmania have been short of her best and her best form and her best uh, races have been at Flemington. But what she's done off those two, those two starts, uh, I just couldn't put her anywhere near this. Star of the Seas is too often a, a bridesmaid and never the bride. Uh, 50 stars is going to be cast wide from that barrier and I think he'll be forced to go backwards. And then you've got horses like Mahamadeus and, and Mirage Dancer are getting on a bit. I, Buffalo River, I can see the market coming for, for Buffalo River heavily. He'll get an easy lead from gate six and I think it's just going to be a one-act affair on Saturday. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I think Buffalo River is a bet now type of type of thing. Um, $2.80, I think, at the moment, or $2.50. Um, got regards to Marie Form. I think last start just needed a little bit more fitness. She's actually oh, – he's actually dropping four kilos as well. Jamie Carr sticks. And, um, yeah, going back to that best of days race, if you look at this race and you take out Buffalo River, it's almost a similar, similar, similar way. Best of days – Damien took the lead that day and just went for it, and they they didn't didn't even get close. And I just think that could happen. Well, obviously he's probably going to take take the spot in behind Buffalo River, and I think he's going to I think he'd be right up there again, best of days with Oliver on board. But definitely tipping um, Buffalo River first first, and um, yeah, Mystic Journey is the other one. I think third up and sixteen hundred record is pretty good. So likes a good track, and I think it wouldn't surprise me one bit if she came out and shocked it. Shocked us and won by a little bit. So I think $6 is probably okay there. Um, but, yeah, um, I think Buffalo River is – well, Buffalo River is my best bet of the day, so best bet of the program. So, yeah, I'll just leave, leave it there. Yeah. The, the one thing that turns me off best of days, I mean, from, from gate nine, he's definitely going to have to go forward and you'll probably find him – he won't want to get caught up in a speed battle with Buffalo River. That'll be, that'll be the last thing that, yeah. um, that Damien Oliver wants to do. So he'll push up for a position, and I think probably sit one off of um, one off the fence with Irish Flame being beside him. Yeah, 100%. but that last race of his, like I said, when you look at for, to, to my eye, when you look at that, no one wanted the lead, and and best of days, and, and Damien Oliver just going, oh, oh shit, well I'll do it, okay, and then they were just running that slow early that there was no way they were going to be able to catch him because it was a sprint home and he was just closer. Yeah, I think this is honestly a case of Jamie on Buffalo River just going forward and basically treating it as a trial. She needs to just wind him up at the right time. And I don't think they can I don't think they'll be able to get close to him. I think Star Star of the Seas is another one that's probably okay, but I just think I think he needs a, I think he needs another race before he's um challenging Buffalo River and yeah, I think I think I think it should be a winning race for Buffalo for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to race seven is the feature event on the card, and I'm really excited to go through this race. Uh, the Group 1 Kennedy Australian Guineas. This is for the three-year-olds. Your favourite is Tagaloa at the moment, $3.90. Uh, Zoo Dancer coming off two wins in a row is $5. Uh, Asar coming off of, geez, that's a string of four seconds now, going back to his last prep, $7.00. 
Uh, Ole Kirk at $8. Cherry Tour Tony is 12 along with Dom Deschutes and Poland. Um, and then you can have $20 and better the rest. Looking at a speed map, I think Grand Slam and uh, Lofty Stars definitely going to go forward. In the second, probably sort of the second line, you might find a, a tag, a lower, a jet propulsion, a here to shock since they went forward on here to shock last start and they did that at Geelong in his first run. Then muddled in there somewhere is probably going to be Atar and, and Tagaloa as well. Horses that I've got definitely going to the back. I like Kirk from 15 is going to have no choice but to go back. And and Cherry Tortani from the car park as well, uh, along with Embolism and Iron Edge. And then the rest are going to make up the middle of the pack. What have you found here, Fish? Yeah, well, I think the key to Tagaloa is going to be Zoo Dancer. I think um, Zoo Dancer has the keys for Tagaloa there. Um, Tagalola should just take a tag and get into it. Um, I've actually gone for the two back marks you just said. Ollie Kirk from Sydney, um, third up after coming third in the English sprint and uh, racing in the Futurity Stakes last week. Barrier 15 is all right. Um, yeah, and I think as long as there's a bit of pace on, I think um, he's going to be flying down the outside. And I think the horse right next to him might be Cherry Tortoni, who I backed in the CS Hayes. She, uh, he finished fourth and was... Absolutely flying late and then didn't really go on with it the last 50 metres, but looked like looked like he was going to win it there at one stage. And I think 1,600 is perfect. But out of those two, Cherry Tortoni, I think, needs a little bit of rain to for, to show his best. And um, so, yeah, I ended up with Ole Kirk on top as long as the pace is on. And the other one, I can't get away from Azar after you just said four seconds in the two, circuit, two seconds this preparation had been – Brilliant races and very unlucky not to win. So up to 1,600 looks perfect. And, yeah, I think so I found it hard to split Ole Kirk and um, Asa. Yeah, what you said about Tagalai was a brilliant point that Zoo Dancers does sort of hold the key to his chances because he's a horse that really needs to flow in his race. He can't go and then sit up for a bit and then go again. He needs he needs that that role in the, in the race and that's – where we were lucky, we were lucky enough to watch a, a brilliant win in that CS Hayes. He's put up massive figures in that race on the punting form data. Um, I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but it was somewhere lucky. Went out ten lengths faster than the average benchmark and and came home at the same rate. So he really needs that flow in the race. Um, I landed on Cherry Tortoni here on top what you said about his last race I was watching it today watching the replay and he got belted from pillar to post by the looks of it there and the, once they got inside the 400 metres so gate 17 is definitely going to encourage his race button he goes back and runs on hard Billy Egan and Patrick Payne are a proven combination over the last 12 months that's been a really really profitable one for punters he had to take two gaps between horses in that run in the CS Hayes, like I said, where it looked like he got belted around a little bit and, and, and had a bit of a tough time in there. He was also held up at the top of the straight. He was doing – he also looked to be doing a bulk of his work on his own without Billy Egan. I, I don't think Billy Egan went for the whip four or five times. I reckon it, maybe four max. He mm. did – 
all of that work under his own steam, stepping up to 1,600 metres is going to be absolutely no issue for him. Where a lot of these horses, like Zoo Dancer at five dollars, has never seen sixteen hundred meters. Yeah, so, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had those two on top and Cherry Tortoni. Yeah, that race. One of my big plays for the day was Cherry Tortoni to get a place. And when I seen him charging through, I thought, oh, here we go, he can win this. And then just didn't want to go past fourth place there. But yeah, for sure, he definitely looks a big chance today. Oh, sorry, on, on Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to it. It could be a real speed battle up the front with horses that like to push forward. A Poland here to shock. Zoo Dancer might might look to do it. I think because she hasn't seen sixteen hundred meters, Jamie's definitely going to ease off of her and try and give her a really quiet run in the the race and and try and have the last crack at it. I can't see Jamie going forward and trying to run a brutal sixteen hundred meters when she's never done it before. Lofty Star and Grand Slam are also going to go. Forward. Um, and that's where it could really drag. Maybe Ole Kirk, I, I'm not too sure about him. I'm not sure he's got the turn of foot to to get around a big field like this where you've got 17 runners at the moment. I've heard some, some good judges through listening to other media and, and a couple of podcasts and whatnot, wondering if they might even scratch him because for him to win from there would be really difficult with the pace that's going to be in this race and a lot of horses not seen the 1600 metres, but Terry Tortoni's won at this track and, uh, track and distance. Yeah, track and distance. He's had one start and, and won it. It could be one of the f- bolting finishes down the middle of the track, especially if the, the track's running really even and you see a few horses run on. I would take up the $12 and watch. Uh, I haven't got the, I haven't got the likes of Ladbrokes open to see the, the price for the place, but he'd have to be each way odds. Get onto it now because if you see in the first half a dozen races or the first half of the card, you know, three or four horses come from the back and win, people are going to look at Cherry Tortoni and they're going to back the truck up for him. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I was listening to your comments there. I think you might be um, eating your words again. I've got all that curve, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon all that Kirk's going to fly down the outside and get the win here. And, um, yeah, I think you'll finish on top of Cherry Tortoni as well. But I think those two either play. I think as long as none of the on-pace runners come out, and Tagaloa might even be able to be one of the ones that puts the pace on. I think it sets up perfect for all that Kirk to win. And um, I'm pretty keen on the $8 there. <laughs> it's it's a great race with a lot of angles. So it'll be a really good one to, to watch unfold and and – and see what happens in the last the last 200 metres. Um, I'm going to ask your opinion on the favourite of the next, who's had his last three starts in Sydney and won them all, is rocketing by. Have you had a chance to have a look at him at all, Fish? Yeah, I have. And uh, we spoke about, uh, spoke about him earlier on one of our earlier podcasts, and he just keeps – like everyone keeps underestimating him and um, – he keeps winning his races pretty much. Um, but, yeah, he's coming out of a 1,200-metre race where he was quite superb there and he's going back to the 1,100. Um, well, I think he's a better horse on wet ground personally, but and it's definitely going to be, what I reckon, a good three down in Melbourne. It'll Yeah, it'll start a good four, and I dare say they'll get upgraded to a good three before race eight. I definitely think he's a winning chance, but 
I think he's a little bit under the odds, to be honest. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be leaving him out. I saw oh, that. Like I said to you before, um, I'm not the biggest fan of horses going around the other other direction. And same, similar thing here, rocking boys going down to Melbourne for the first time. And to be honest, I don't think they would have expected to be racing in this race until they've seen what he's done the last one or two races. So I think if it's a good good track, I mean, it's a very open race. So yeah, but that's that's just my opinion. I couldn't be taking him at four dollars. It's it's definitely a big field. When I looked at it, horses like Diamonds in the Sky, um, who else have you got in there? Bella Nipotina is coming from Sydney down to get a run. Uh, the boppers lined up against Rocketing by before, who just gave a windburn last start. I I reckon Rocketing by is the closest. He'd, him and Buffalo River, him, him and Buffalo River look like absolute morals on the day. <laughs> I, I I was watching his replays today. His win at Nara, he did not get out of second gear. Then he went to Ramwick over the 1100 and was just fired out of a cannon to get the win there. Then goes to the English sprint. At 30 to 1, beats home Prime Star, Ole Kirk, Dame Giselle, Bella Nipotina, Japari and the Bopper are in this race. So he's already beaten them. And what he was held up with was it around the 300 metre mark. He was held up a little bit. And when he got the hole, he just shot through it like a good thing and beat a lot of them. Yeah, he's a, he's an absolutely super horse. There's no doubt about it. And that's that $30 we've got that day was, like I said, underestimating him. Everyone's doing it. Not happening now. The other one from um, up my way as well, the bopper, I find that one an interesting one. She, she Oh, sorry, he... Um, Showed so much promise early on, and then this preparation's come out and just had a couple of runs that probably haven't been up to what everyone thought they'd be. I think he started one of the races at about $2. Um, third up now, 1100s, his go, if you ask me. And Chris Lees is one of them trainers that's known for placing his horses at a, in the right race. And I just, I'm just a little bit mystified by Jamie Carr getting booked on a horse with Chris Lees because surely if you look at the field there, there's a few horses from Melbourne there. There's, I don't know, that one's just a bit of a highlight for me. I was sort of looking at it going, we've all seen what she's done, but he's done before the bopper and Jamie Carr going on down the straight. Yeah, I just I find that one pretty interesting. It is definitely an interesting booking for a jockey from Chris Lees, um, but he's done a great job to pull it off because she's just the ultimate gear change at the moment. The, the form that she's been in, has just been incredible. I noticed today watching, uh, they were going around at Kilmore in Victoria and there was some hurdles runner from, I think it was from New Zealand. And as soon as Jamie Carr, Jamie Carr's name pops up in the form guide, it goes from 550 into 260 and it never looked like winning. She's, <laughs> that's the impact that she has on the market. Like it's incredible. And that was in some maiden, like it was an awful race. Um, so it's a great point that you you make that the booking is a, a really positive one for the bopper, but I'm going to be backing Rocketing by and Buffalo River. So I'll have those two together 
and I'm just nearly going to back the truck up. I just can't see what's going to beat rocketing by on Saturday. I reckon the straight at Flemington won't be an issue at all. He's seen big tracks like Ramwick before and, and run down the straight there. I, I know you talk about going the other way, but he's only got to go in a straight line on Saturday. The fashion in what he's won his races this prep shows me he's just something completely different. The one thing that I'm concerned about is that Karen McAvoy has been booked to ride and he's been in pretty ordinary form of late. I, I do not want to come onto this podcast and, and jockey bash because these blokes that get on, on these athletes do an immense job every single day and every single week and, and I'll never get anywhere near what they do. Karen McAvoy is obviously a group one winning jockey plenty of times, but I just don't see how he's going to get beaten. I, you can't talk me out of it. He's an absolute moral. He's $4.20 at the moment. And if he jumped at $2.50, like I said, especially like if in the first three, four, five races, even in the race prior to this one, if you see Cherry Tool Tony and Ola Kirk come flying down the middle of the track, I reckon the punters are just going to be licking their chops if they've still got $3.80 or $3.50 for rocketing by. And he'll be one of the biggest market moves of the day. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the two Sydney boys are the key in this race. And yeah, I don't know. I just can't get that image out of my head of Chris Lee's ringing up Jamie and saying, Look, I've got a winner here for you on Saturday. He's <laughs> <laughs> right on the bopper and I'm going to get the job done. So yeah, I'm just going to go that way. I'm going to go each way on um, the bopper if we can hold the $2.20 a place and $5.56 a win. I, I, re- I reckon the market really will find rocketing by. So you could even get. Because you also look at the form guide in his last two starts, he's been beaten by almost 10 lengths all up. So yeah. the market the could, one could, take, could take a real set against him. Only one with the, the boppers run. He was stuck on the inside there last start of Ramwick and um, it was just not playing too good there. There's been a few win, few uh, horses that have come out of the inside part of the track there and gone on the win next start. So, well, that's just, but that's just me trying to talk up the bopper. So, we're probably time to move on, I guess. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, race nine. Is a group three over 1,400 metres, the Tresity Stakes. Um, I've got, I believe it's pronounced Shayu, Shalot. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Um, I'll give you the number. There you go. Number 11. I believe it's Shayu um, on top here. I Firstly, I think she's one of the, the class mares of this race. Um. First up, last prep, and I'm just bringing that race up, was over 1,400 metres at Flemington where she was absolutely devastating to beat Titan Blinders there. Uh, She maps to get a similar run in transit. She's had a 1,000-metre trial, so fitness shouldn't be an issue. She eats up the track and trip, like I said. She's one of the class horses. And when I looked at the field, I mean, aside from the likes of of graceful glamour and then you've got shout the bar snap dancer i've tips need new friends and, and grander flora even a fair to remember in mid knolls even in midweek races at sandown like there's just two clear classes of horse in in this race and i think shay is right at the top knolls is a almost a non-winner she did form the line last start um, and I had her there, which was nice to be getting some money back for her. Um, but Shayu, she has drawn gate 14, so that's going to suit her race pattern. She'll just go back, build her revs into the straight, and 
like I said, I think this could be another horse. Seven dollars fifty at the moment. If you see three or four or five winners peel out from the back of the field and bolt down the middle of the track and, and get over the top of the field, the the market's going to come for Shahu and I think a big way. And she might even close start close to your your equal favourite. Um, so I've got her on top there in the last. Um, there's no prizes for picking who my best bets of the day are. Um, I've got Rocketing By and Buffalo River. I reckon those two are just dead set morals. I, I don't see how they're going to get beaten. Um, everything behind Buffalo River, Buff, sorry, Buffalo River, I should say, they're all in the chair. Like they're just almost doing nothing. Um, and Rocketing By just looks to be the clear horse, like the clear, the clear class horse of the, the race in, in race eight. Um, I think you've got really good value for Cherry Tortoni. And then $8 for Nelson in race two has got four behind a neighbor, one of the best mares we've ever seen in racing, certainly in the, the modern era. Um, I think $8 for, for Nelson at the moment is, is well overs. Yeah, that's an awesome one there. Um, my best bet at Flemington was Buffalo River. Um, and I've got a good one for you there. My value bet of the day was race four. You called him a donkey there before, I'm telling you. <laughs> but, but I'm actually tipped on telling you to win that race. So, yeah, we'll see, see how he goes. But, um, yeah, last start at Rosil, he had the fastest last 200 of the meeting to win. So, lots of good tracks. So, yeah, I think I'm telling you might be a little bit of a play there at 14 bucks. I can, I can remember... I had Zacat that last that last race that I'm telling you won. I had Zacat. I think might have been my next best of the day with, with brilliance and the preview that I'd written there. And Zacat had been absolutely truckloaded in the betting. And I'm telling you, just peels out of nowhere and starts running up the middle of the straight. And I just thought, what the hell is that thing? And it's gotten over the line and won. And I've gone and looked in the form guide and seen 50 starts, five wins. I was like, oh, that's racing. Like that just happens. Um, yeah, 100%. Amy and Ashyagi are a yard that are known for, for placing their horses really well. Um, but I couldn't, I, I mean, I'm not going to talk you out of him because winning form can genuinely be good form, but I couldn't have him on top. I think Ray, Labor Rod's going to win there. But but my two uh, my two best of the day are, are Buffalo River and Rocketing by, by a long way. Um, so that might be it from us here, punters. Uh, obviously, jump onto Facebook and Instagram, Brilliance Racing. Uh, myself and Fish will have our previews for uh, the big day of racing that's going to be chipping Norton Stakes Day at Randwick and then the Australian Guineas at Flemington. Uh, Nick Lloyd will also be on there with his tips for Queensland and we'll be getting as much content, content as, out as we, we can during the day. And then we'll have to work out a schedule, Fish. Sunday or Monday, we'll get a review pod together. Uh, Sunday, if we've had an absolute fill up and we're feeling really good about it, Monday, if we're licking some wounds. Yeah, that sounds good to me, mate. So, most likely Monday night, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, tune in, punters, because we'll get a, a review together. We might be coming on here to, to talk about what I was thinking, declaring Rocketing by and Buffalo River. Um, but that'll be a very good review to listen to. Fish, it has been an absolute pleasure having you again this evening. Um, ripping. Ripping day of racing on Saturday, mate. Good luck to you. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on board. And um, yeah, as I said before, I can't wait for can't wait for the weekend's races. Yeah, neither can I, and I'm sure the punters can't either. Good luck to you guys at home that have been listening. Thank you very much 
again for listening. Uh, I mentioned on the review pod, any feedback, definitely send it through to us um, because it is taken on board more than you understand. Oddly, uh, Fish, I think the most feedback that's come through has been about the moustache and that's gotten a bit of a bit, bit of a tidy up. So hopefully I won't be hearing about that. Um, but send through your feedback. We love to hear it. Tell us we're doing shit. Tell us we're doing great. We want to know about it. Um, good luck on Saturday, everyone. Fed up, fill up, and hopefully we have a great weekend and a, a great review pod for Monday.